everyone and welcome to the spring and summer newsletter for SVOPA, which is technically also episode number 38. So sorry I've been away for a long time, but we decided let's get a little bit, is nostalgic the right word? But I was talking to someone you'll all know who's listened to the podcast and I thought, let's record another podcast together. So while you're wondering who, I'm going to introduce, hi Joe. Hi, Michael. Hi, everybody. It's good to be back with you. It's good to actually um, be working alongside you again. It's been a, been a long time, hasn't it, for both this and our other projects? It has. It's been quite a while. So I can actually hear everybody screaming. Well, not the moment, but when they listen to this. OK, what have you been up to, Joe? Oh, gosh. Um, well, I've been working for Action for Blind People at the Clifton Hotel in Timmouth as an assistive technology coordinator. Uh, I'm working, well, nearly two years now with my current guide dog, Bruno, who's Golden Retriever. And of course, VI Talk, which takes up a lot of time, is now a charity. We've just passed our first year as a charity. And uh, that's going from strength to strength. Well, a lot of people remember that me and Joe set VI Talk originally back nearly two and a half years ago, wasn't it? So do you want to give people a little bit of an update? Mm, It's three years now, you know doesn't seem like it, does it? But it, it is doesn't. three years. So we're now a charitable incorporated organisation, or CIO for short. And uh, we have got our first AGM coming up on the 18th of March, which is being held at the Clifton Hotel. And we're incorporating that into an open day. So we've got people doing presentations on all kinds of things. So that's really exciting. Really pleased to be able to offer that. Um, the groups are going from strength to strength. We've got over 1,600 members on our original group that Michael and I set up. Uh, we've also now got, well, we've got the book club, which uh, Michael was um, part of as well. And that Sam is now running that for us. And she's also now a trustee, which is great. Um, go on. So really, it's, I mean, it's gone from strength to strength. And it's, it's good that, you know, from the small beginnings, you know, that VI Talk is where it is now and if people are interested basically just search vi talk anywhere really and you'll find you you will you will we pop up in all kinds of places <laughs> so what have we got on this episode we've got all sorts we've got an interview that you did with colin evans and we've got jane massey coming up we have and jenny armstrong has also been over to nepal we've got a couple of only very short but a couple of little uh, bits from her as well and we will have a full report on a future podcast and of course we've got all your news about your future reunion being held in june we have and i'll give you the date straight away which is going to be held on the 24th of june so listen back we'll give you the details and the important booking details are at the end and why have we put them at the end so that everybody will listen all the way through <laughs> that's it so we'll leave it there a few surprises may pop up here and there and i think what we will do is we'll start off with colin
Hi everyone, I'm actually down on the Staffordshire Canal with Colin Evans in Schoonerish. So hi Colin. Hi Mike. It's good after years of sort of seeing you, talking to you, to finally get some stuff on on the podcast and the CD with yourself. So um, do you want to just tell everyone a little bit about yourself and then we'll go back to school and what you've done since? Okay, yeah, yeah. I was in uh, St Vincent's from 1964 to 75 and uh, it was time at at school, of, of thinking of its fullest occupancy, I think it was something like 113 uh, youngsters there, and uh, the class I was in in the last year was the biggest class they'd ever had, which was 18 uh, pupils. Um, and I really enjoyed my time at school, um, and you know, I have very fond memories of it. Um, okay, so going back to school, thinking. Um, you, who were your heads at the time? Because it's always good to get a little bit of information you know, about the yeah. heads. And... I think the main person, and probably you know, quite an influence in my life, really, was Sister Claire, who a lot of people will remember if they didn't know. And unfortunately, she passed away just a few years ago. Yes, so, yeah. I know yeah. she had a lot to do with changes within the visual impairment education, and it's an old interview which we did of um, with her, so um, which you can always look back on. So, you know, what do you remember of her? in memory. I just remember her being a, um, a very fair person and um, somebody that was sort of willing to listen to you. I, I think the example that sort of springs to mind is um, I announced at school um, that when I finished um, I wanted to go to mainstream catering college and um, it seemed to attract quite a few... Ooh. Ah, well, oh well, ooh, I, I'm not sure, sort of thing, yeah. And um, that resulted in uh, my mum and dad sort of coming up to the school, and uh, we sat down and we talked. And I can't remember the uh, cookery teacher's name, but myself, the cookery teacher, Sister Claire, and um, the parents sat down and said, "Well, you know, Colin's done all right in those domestic sciences. He enjoys cooking. There are." risks associated with their sort of industrial kitchens um, but was very supportive and um, that sort of you know all the way through school she'd be very supportive yeah um, and on one occasion we we got to get in with a fellow pupil um, Phil Longworth actually uh, we got in trouble for swapping instruments I was learning the trumpet at the time he was learning the clarinet um, and we'd gone off to do our trumpet and clarinet practices in different rooms, and um, said, oh, "Let's have a go in your clarinet. Let's have a go in your trumpet then." Okay then, and we got caught, and this was a very bad sin at school, <laughs> swapping musical instruments. <laughs> yeah, um, but after it was over, um, Sister Claire saying, "Well, you, you know, you can sign up for clarinet lessons as well." <laughs> And that's uh, what people do anyway. It's like, let's have a go at your instrument. and you know, It's yeah, just a normal thing, but again, you couldn't then. do it in those days. No. No. <laughs> <laughs> I think we probably did that as well, you know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, no, it's... Um, I, a great admiration, Sister Claire. And, you know, even after school, uh, kept in touch with her on a fairly infrequent basis, but mm. um, uh, just sort of updates on where things were going and... Yeah, because it was good to see her. Uh, it's about 
six years ago she came to one of the reunions and she still remembered a lot of the people, even people she didn't have, but she'd heard the name and she'd sort of kept in touch with what was going on at the school after she'd left in 77. So that was, you know, she still had that feeling for the school, didn't she? Yes, she did, yeah. yeah. So I take it you was goody-goody at school, you never did anything wrong apart from swapping instruments? Um, Any confessions which can come out now? No, sadly not, no, I was a good pupil, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I think I was a good pupil anyway. Um, I do remember the sort of uh, being fairly imaginative of getting from one location in school to another. Um, and uh, for anybody that remembers, they used to have um, little red boxes near the doors um, with a glass on the front, and inside was a key to open the fire exit. Mm -hmm. um, so when we wanted to do. Uh, Midnight snacking or midnight whatever else we used to do over in the um, another wing of the school, we would sort of um, unscrew this glass front, take the key, uh, go down by, I don't think it's not the science room now, the science room and arts room, um, and back up the corridor and past the church and up to Queen's Wing. Okay. <laughs> <clears throat> um, nothing much naughtier than that, I'm afraid. Oh, well, that's not a problem at all. <laughs> What have you done since then leaving school, besides, at the moment, working your way up from sort of up north in the narrowboat? Thank you, yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, not as it was described last night, a barge. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, yep, I went on catering college, um, done my two years there, ended up with um, a patissiery, um award and all my city and guilds stuff that you need for to get into the catering industry. Mm -hmm. um, and then went off to Bangor and used all these great French cuisine skills to open a pizza parlour in Bangor <laughs> in North Wales. Yeah. French um, and Italy are not the yeah. same. It's not the same cuisine. <laughs> no. Um, so we've gone, gone with the you know, white napkins and laying the, uh, the table neatly and uh, knowing which glass mm -hmm. uh, was for which wine. And uh, it was replaced with um, cardboard boxes for putting pizzas in. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> But um, the pizza place was a great success. Um, it, it, sadly, it wasn't my money, but um, I was very proud to be a part of it. It was the first um, uh, pizza parlour in, certainly in North Wales, and I think it was in the whole of Wales. Mm -hmm. And Bangor it was a student town, and it was a great success. And if I put the uh, place on Facebook now, on the Bangor pages, people still remember it fondly. Yeah. <laughs> um, and <coughs> whilst I was there, we had um, lots of issues with um, children from a local kids' home, which then was described as the, the, the home for children with behavioural disturbances. Um, and they would come into the shop and they would be taking advantage of the fact that my eyesight wasn't very good, but they were trying to take ice creams and stuff like this, mm -hmm. yeah. And they were generally being um, a pain and being rowdy and everything. So I actually went down to the school. Um, to Treboff to tell the head that was banning the children. Mm -hmm. And from memory, the, the head's name was Mr Williams. Um, and he was a, a, an older guy, but very charismatic. Um, and he turned the situation around and actually got me going down there volunteering <laughs> um, and teaching the kids how to cook pizzas. 
It sounds uh, a bit like um, Dr. Patterson would do if it was school at St. Vincent's today, really. Yeah, probably, yeah. yes, yeah. <laughs> so I, I stayed there for a few months and thought, well, actually, I'm not very good at this. Um, I'll have to go off and, um, you know, get some training. And I went down to Lingfield in Surrey for a year, um, but the, they weren't really offering any sort of training. Link, it was a kid's home. Um, and I really enjoyed it, um, but then came back up to North Wales to Brynleyth um, in Clanavechen, um, where they said, yes, we we can provide you that training, you can do your nurse training, and we've got a school on the um, hospital site, um, so you can do placement in school and then you can focus on that area if you want. Mm-hmm. But um, the net result of doing the training, I, I ended up working more with adults. Yeah. And uh, very shortly after, um, went down to Clevedon to set up a... Again, sort of in very sort of early days, um, what was then Mencap Home Foundation um, set up their first um, care home in the community. Um, or, uh, sorry, the, the third really, um, certainly the first in the um, southwest, and the first that was set up under the name of Mencap. Yeah? Mm-hmm. The other was set up by private companies before. Um, and my intention had been to go down to Clevedon, set up this care home, have it running smoothly within six months, and then move back up north. And I found myself still down there 33 years later. Yeah, it usually happens. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Got promoted a few times in Mencap, became an area manager, um, and an operations manager, um, which involves sort of travelling around the south-west for them. Not as successfully because every time I got uh, a post like that, something seemed to come along. And the main thing that sticks in my mind from then was um, the Hatfield train disaster. Mm-hmm. And basically, um, I, I got to a point where it was I was stuck in a place called Trowbridge in the middle of nowhere, and being told there weren't any trains uh, going to be running for two to three days, um, and trying to find a and b at 10 o'clock at night <clears throat> um, and I just thought this is ridiculous so uh, I was lucky that there was only a temporary manager at the place I set up so I went back and managed that and that was lovely and easy mm-hmm. it was in the same town I lived so there wasn't any commuting issues and stuff um, and I, I think possibly that's you know one of the the, the major or almost all the only times where my eyesight has really affected my working career. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, there's, there's lots of places where they say you know driver essential. Yeah, but I can only go into an interview and convince them. You oh, don't yeah. need to. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then I I left Mencap and went to work for a couple of other charities. Um, doing the same sort of thing. They, interestingly, if that setting up a care home was um, a big start to my career, th- uh, 35 years later, um, my role then became closing down residential care homes um, and arranging to turn these care homes into uh, supported living apartments mm-hmm. for people with uh, learning disabilities. And um, i done that for I don't know, four years mm-hmm. um, until there wasn't any more that the company I was working for wanted doing anymore, so facing redundancy. And I uh, went to work with young people again um, as a, 
as a service manager, leads a registered uh, manager, but working with people who generally were just at the point of leaving home. So it was basically helping them set up their own flats and um, assessing the support needs and making sure their uh, needs were met in their new home. Mm-hmm. And loved every minute of it. Um, I think there's a boat about to pass us, by the yeah, way. I so think there you, is. Yeah, you yeah, might yeah. just hear that in the background. Chug, chug, chug in the background. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and although the job was going fine, there wasn't an issue with it. Um, I was at the, the point where I thought, I want to do something different. I really want to um, challenge myself a bit and do something exciting. This is, you know, I, I go to work. Um, I go home in the evening shattered, I work really hard, I pay my mortgage and pay all my bills and there's not that much left for me. So what I did was um, handed him a notice at work, sold my house, bought an arrowboat and set off from Bristol to head towards the northwest just to have a look round on the way. And that's what I'm doing now, Mike. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, you know, just um, briefly as well, because we've, we've done a, a full audio tour of the boat yesterday, and, yeah. um, what, you know, how you found it from a from a visual impairment point of view, or just I suppose you and there's that bit of time for you to be with yourself, if you know what I mean. Yeah. And not having to worry about everyone else. How have you found that? Um, I'm loving it. I I I, I like my own company anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm quite a nice person, so there's nothing wrong with my company. <laughs> no, that's, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I tell everybody <laughs> that. <yeah. laughs> um, from the visual impairment point of view, the. The boat is the stretch of my vision. I think it's you know it's um, it's pushing that boundary a little bit. But um, I do have my monocular, which sort of lives around my neck um, when I'm on the boat, and I will I will see the obstacles ahead, but not be able to identify what they are. Yeah. Um, so um, I I will see the white blob that you associate with coming to a lock, but um, I might not see whether the lock's open or closed. Mm-hmm. So basically, it's just quick look with monocular. Oh yeah, I can see it perfectly then. So the the challenges that my eyesight's given me in terms of that um, are fairly easily overcomable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I haven't rammed into anybody because I haven't seen them. Um, there's uh, occasions where there are signs along the waterways, um, and a, a prime example actually was coming up this stretch of the canal here, where um, I came to a junction in the canal which I don't remember seeing on the map, and um, I thought, right, it must be that way, it must be right. So I went right, and uh, only to discover within a few yards up that actually, no, that wasn't the way. I should have gone left, so I had to reverse out. And in the process of reversing out, I was on the opposite side of the canal and saw the sign that said canal that way (laughs) to the left. (laughs) So there have been a couple of little things like that. But on the canal networks, you're going along the two or three miles an hour most yeah. of the time, you know. There's other boats in the way, so you can't sort of get up to your four or five miles an hour very mm-hmm. often. Um, and at that speed, you, your eyes have time to... Yeah, because you tend to go... You tend to pass away. You could go faster if you wanted, but like you say, you're in no rush. And no, I mean, you no rush, do it safely. Yeah. And the I, I, still in one piece as well, which yeah, is... Yeah, yeah. And occasionally I will see a, um, a nice, um, neat stretch of canal in front of me in a straight line, which is a, a straight line in a canal very unusual and and then I do sort of you know open the boat up a bit to yeah. give the engine a bit of a workout <laughs> so I know you've got a, a Facebook group as well and I know a lot of past pupils and friends follow you on that so how would they 
find you if they wanted to know more about what you're doing on it? Yeah, if, if you type into Facebook uh, in the search um, in Facebook, for, look for Gunnels, uh, Tough Rails and the Art of Walking Sideways. And I will say that uh, Gunnels is spelt G-U-N-W-A-L-E-S, um, but pronounced Gunnels. Yeah. And if people want to get hold of you, you're on Facebook and you're under yep. Colin Evans as yep. well. So easy enough to find. Yeah. And um, I'm more than happy to have people following me on it. It's lovely when I look at the figures and it's it ticks up slowly. Yeah. Occasionally people disappear. And I think, well, why they've left the blue dots to port with. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so what does the future hold? <laughs> um, I'm going to work the winters. One of the decisions I've made is uh, that during the winter months, the, the size of a narrow boat means it's probably going to be a little bit claustrophobic when you're not wanting to go out in the daytime. Mm -hmm. um, and also, the cost of running an arrow boat has been more than I actually thought, yeah? Um, and one of, the, one of the things is the temptation to eat out, because you, you always yeah. pop in a pub or something, so, you know, and you think, oh, yeah, they've got food to save me cooking. Um, so, yeah, I'm thinking I'm going to work the winter, um, and I'm currently looking for a job for you know five months or something in, in social care and the plan now has moved on to being um what i'll probably do is repeat that process so um take the boat out in the summer mm -hmm. uh find somewhere nice to moor it up in the winter that's near a town um, and work in that location yeah. so i can use the boat still to live on that's but i'm going out every day yeah because you don't want to be spending for additional accommodation while you, you know and that's a way of topping up your finances, isn't it? Working yeah. over the winter. Yeah, so. definitely, yes, yeah. yeah. Right, well, um, is there anything else you want to say to anyone? No, just a big hi to everybody that knows me. And I look forward to seeing you all soon. And um, if you ever see this blue narrow boat passing called Schoonerish, just you know, give us a wave and uh, pop on. The kettle's always on. It is. I definitely vouch for that. <laughs> I, um, I was washing the pots this morning. There was about one bowl and about 20 cups. Slight exaggeration, but <laughs> maybe about 10 cups. So, um, yeah, thank you very much, Colin. It's um, always good to hear from you. And and just to really say as well, because Colin has been chair for years, he's done heck of a lot for SVOPA. And, and I know he will, even as a, an ordinary member, he always steps up. And helps out reunions, so it's really appreciated from me and from from everyone else who's um, part of the organisation. Yeah, thank you. Thanks, Colin, for taking the time to have a chat and tell us about yourself. And that was a really great weekend I had um, on your um, on your boat back in I think it was October, November. So. You're all asking about the reunion, which we've said is taking place on the 24th of June, a little bit later than usual. Okay, so the day is slightly different, really, but we'll get on to that. So it starts at 11.30 with your arrival and booking. It does. And then the afternoon, we're keeping it similar. We're going to have a, a buffet around quarter past 12, really when most people are in, followed by the AGM, which is obviously important. And we're going to talk about the committee later on as well. So after your AGM, you're going to have some tours around the school, which is always nice to see how it's changed over the past year. And uh, then you're going to have some free time. And then it's how it changes a little bit, isn't it? Yeah. Um, as for the last two years, we're going to go back to Bradbury Fields. Um, we've just found that works so well and everyone's really enjoyed it. And we had two choices this year. Um, we had the option of the sit-down meal that we've had, which we know works really well, but also to have a barbecue. And 
we're going to try and book really nice weather. I mean, it's just after the longest day of the year, so it's not going to rain. And <laughs> so we're going to do that. We're going to have barbecue, hopefully in the garden, um, some entertainment and, and good food. So that's around 6.30 that you're going over to Bradbury Fields, isn't it? It is, and we'll stay there till usually half 11, 12 when the bar closes. And again, because it's the barbecue, it's going to be a little bit easier for people to have a chat, meet up with more people. You've got the quieter area and we will have some entertainment on for the night as well. Excellent. So we'll tell you all about how to book a little bit later. We will. And one thing we are going to do, we've not done for the last couple of years, we're going to have a small raffle as well, probably in the evening. So if you want to bring a raffle prize, feel free to bring some along. That will help us raise a little bit of money for SVLPA as well. So now we're going to hear from Jenny Armstrong for the first time. And she's going to talk a little bit about her visit to Nepal. Hi to everyone at Swapa. This is Jenny Armstrong, the retired teacher from the primary and the secondary. I'm just letting you know about a trip that I'm making to Nepal. I'm leaving tomorrow and we are taking out lots of equipment and um, items and books to the School for the Blind that we have been linked with for the last eight, eight years or so. The pupils at St Vincent have helped me by using donated items to make independence packs. Each one has a sponge, a toothbrush, toothpaste and soap or shower gel in it. And I've got 85 of those in my suitcase. I also have lots of sensory equipment and book, tactile books and braille books. So as you can imagine, there's a lot of weight there. I had a 20 kilogram limit on the case that I'm taking called Mrs. Armstrong's Suitcase of Sensory Surprises. We'll be in Nepal for about 19 to 20 days and we'll be travelling around to other schools as well, distributing school equipment, pencils, pens and anything else that they need out there. It is still a very poor country and particularly following last year's earthquake when lots of homes and schools were damaged. I'll be updating on Twitter and on Facebook and I'll let everybody know um, when I'm back how the trip went and give you more details then. Children from St Vincent also over the years have raised some money for their friends in Nepal so I'm going to be able to take out a £150 that they can use in the best way for them at the school. Travelling to Nepal with uh, Chris Hughes who is from the Paha Trust who rebuild schools and um, are involved, very involved in education in Nepal and also I'll be with Angela Williams who is representing the Rotary Club and taking out the funded site box from St Vincent. 
lots of generous donations from family, friends and neighbours. So um, I can get some more donations to the school and see whether there's anything else they need. OK, I'll sign out now because I've got a flight to catch tomorrow. Bye, everyone. See you soon. Jenny for um, for talking to us prior to your visit and obviously you've come back now and uh, we're going to have a, a, a short section later on a little bit about her trip as well but what I'd like to do now is hand over to one of the current pupils at St Vincent's who I had a chat to just before Christmas and that is Jane Massey. I'd like to introduce Jane Massey to the studio tonight and um, we're having a quick chat over a number of things but especially some of the things Jane's done over the last 12 months at school so Jane would you like to introduce yourself and tell people a little bit about yourself? Yeah um, as Michael's just said I am Jane Massey and I go to St Vincent's Um, I am currently in my last year and I have a lovely guide dog Whitney who um, comes with me to school. So you've not actually been to St Vincent's for that long, have you? Do you want to give us a little bit about you know, your, your, your childhood just and, mm-hmm. and going to St Vincent's and the changes? Um, well, I arrived at St Vincent's in 2013. Um, I went to mainstream school in year seven up to about year 10, I think it was. And for that part, from year eight, year nine, I got badly bullied because I couldn't see very well and because of Whitney, well, because I had Whitney and stuff like that. So, yeah, it was a bummer. But then I went to St. Vincent's and it changed my life completely. And I've sort of met you back in 2013, I think it was, when you, you just got, when you, when you had Whitney. And, yeah. and, I, and I've seen you quite a lot since, and I've, you know, I've seen a difference in you, a lot more, a lot stronger, a lot more outgoing and just a lot more confident, <laughs> aren't you? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. what are some of the things that St. Vincent's has brought to you now? Because so many people who will listen to this will have been at St. Vincent's you know, years ago and and um, all the changes and it's great to have someone who's still at the school so you know what has the school done for you we'll go on to some of the other things in a moment yeah um well i am in school's parliament which means i get to go to where the lord mayor is based in town in liverpool and i got to be young lord mayor for two months which is usually just a month but they like me so much they kept me on um <laughs> and also, I got to be head girl of St. Vincent's um, for a few, for a year, up till this September, just gone, and it was brilliant. So we'll go back a little bit to you being the um, the young Lord Mayor. Um, do you want to tell yep. anyone, you know, tell us about that and, and what that entailed and what you, some of the things you did, because I know you did some great things during the two months you were there. 
Yeah, um, the perks that they are really good. You get to go to like the Lord Mayor's Carol concert. You get to do things that you not you know like the community wouldn't be able to do. Like you get a highlight, you get sneak peek, as you say in in what the Lord Mayor does and politics and stuff like that. <laughs> and do you have some special memories of that time? Yeah, um, uh, what was it? I know for one of them, I we went to um the God St John's Gardens to lay wreaths and um for people who died in road accident crashes and you could feel like how sad it was. Like you had to be really really quiet and you could almost hear a pin drop. It's the best way to describe it. It was really good. So again, you, there's some like special moments, which were both quite sad as well as some of the yeah. the good things. What obviously the mayor is doing within the city as well. Yeah. Yeah. And it was great to sort of meet the mayor and sort of earlier in the year when the school received the freedom of the city, which was again a, a fantastic honour, really, okay. wasn't it, for the school? Yeah. That was brilliant. Like, and also we we got to go to Ypres in Belgium to commemorate the First World War and the people who went blind in the gas attacks, and that was a really special moment yeah, as well. Quite a few went from school along with sort of scouts and other organisations as well, didn't they? On the yeah. coast trip. Yeah, that was yeah. Back, back in October last year, wasn't it? If I remember rightly. Yeah, which really good. <laughs> Well, I remember in July, just going back again to the prize giving, and there was a young lady there who I presented with the sort of the award for head girl. And yeah. um, oh, well, that was you, by you know, just yeah, as a matter of interest. So <laughs> <laughs> when we were there, we didn't have head girl, head boy, or prefects or anything like that. Which I know at some point through the history of the school, they did have things like that. So do you want to tell anyone? Or tell us about what that meant as well. You know, I presume you could bully everyone and you could be the <laughs> boss and give them detention and and all the rest yeah. of it. Or am I completely wrong there? Um. Well, we didn't give them detention or just, you know, like bully anyone, but like they do in America. But um, you, you get to, there are little perks, you do get to tell them off sometimes if they run down the corridor. Like other kids do, they're like, stop running down the corridor. <laughs> <laughs> but um, as well, like you get to go on, sometimes you get to go out with, like, say, Dr. Patterson and, you know, like do special assemblies and. Like I made a speech in Ypres again as like a head girl and said about how we in Liverpool, our football club says you'll never walk alone and the soldiers who fought for our country will never walk alone and they will remain forever in our hearts. So yeah, that's, we do have highlights as head girl or head boy and it's really lovely. Yeah, I mean they're moments what are going to stay with you forever really, aren't they, all your life so... Yeah. And um, so maybe closer to school and obviously some of the school decision making, did you get any anything involved in that side of things or sort of any influence in what goes on at school? Um. Yeah, we have meetings like with school council and as head boy or head girl, you're automatically on the school council. And 
if you think there's something that needs to be brought to the teacher's attention or Dr. Patterson's attention or whoever, um, you bring it up there or we have the suggestion box, what we write down or braille down suggestions and then they get brought up and it's really good. Right, and hopefully you might get to speak to one of some of the future head boys and girls as well at school. So what are you, let's just think about school a little bit, what are your favourite subjects? I know you do a lot of vocational things as well at school, which we yeah. didn't do. Um, my favourite subjects are expressive arts, which is drama. Um, I love B-Tech Media. Um, B-Tech Media. Ooh, music. Um, and yeah, they're my favourite subjects. Yeah, 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 yeah. Got to say they're right. Well, yeah, I mean, I've heard some of the music what comes out of school, and I'm looking forward to, I mean, the school concert, the Christmas concert this this week. Yeah. Uh, this might actually go out quite a way in advance, so I've already been to that. Uh, but I'll probably put <laughs> yeah. a, a comment on to say what it was like, so I'm looking forward to, to going back to school. Cause it's, it's good, you know, especially Easy. speaking to you and others and that connection we've got now with the school. And obviously... I don't know from your point of view as someone's at the school, you know, thinking mm -hmm. with obviously the past pupils, at least you know that your connection with school once you do leave is not you're not gonna go even if you decide to not have any connection for a while. You know there's people yeah, there who've yeah. still got a passion for the school. Yeah, I, I know that Doctor Patterson has always said even when you do leave school, you'll always be part of the Saint Vincent's family and you can always come back and visit. And I probably will be doing that, popping up every so often. I'll be like, hi, <laughs> I'm back. Come get rid of me. Well, you'll know yourself, you probably do get quite a few past peoples coming through the school every now and then as well, don't you? Yeah, we do. We yeah. get a lot. Yeah. We we haven't had um, Mr. Corson's brother through Yeah, We haven't yeah. seen him through the doors in ages. Mm. So we're like, come on, Chris, come on. <laughs> yeah, make him do some stand-up. Yeah, Chris, if you're listening, you best come and visit us. And we want an interview as well for the podcast and the, um, the newsletter. So yeah, get in touch, Chris. Yeah. <laughs> so what we'll do is we'll, we'll we'll wrap up in a second. Was there anything else you wanted to say on this part of the, the talk, or anyone you want to say hi to or anything like that? Oh, just everyone, hi to everyone who came to Saint Vincent's and. Oh, well, thanks very much, Jane. Lovely to talk hi. to you. And um, yeah. we'll we'll speak to you again and keep us updated with what's going on. You are on the Facebook group anyway, so I see yep, you, know, I you do. But it's always good to know what's happening in the school. So thank you very much. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, Jane. It was good good talking to you and hearing from you and. Um, and again, it's always good to see you at some of the school events and things as well. So just thinking of that, um, Joe, you know, we never had things like head boy or girl or, any, or prefects or anything when we were at school, did we? No, we didn't. Nothing. I think it came in quite soon after we left. And I think some they might have had things like prefects and things long before us as well, but not while we were there. So um, it's interesting hearing how the schools changed and developed and I suppose got more mainstream as well, hasn't it? Yeah, definitely, definitely. A bit like Hogwarts, really, isn't it? <laughs>
<laughs> Only not quite so magical. Well, exactly. But, you know, they had head boys and girls and um, prefects. So. They did. I think the nearest we got was being head of your house for sports day. And that was about it. Yeah, which you got to do because you couldn't compete, if I remember rightly. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah well. But I think we won that year, didn't we? No, we didn't. We didn't, sadly. Oh, no, we your didn't. fault. Your fault. I know, probably was, probably was. Yeah. <laughs> Blame me, it's fine. <laughs> well, what we're going to do is move on to a little bit of the business side of the SVOPA and you know, to keep the association running. And we have, um, we do keep things really um, running quite well and smoothly, but we do obviously have our membership side of things. We do. So all that we ask is that you pay, if possible, a £5 membership fee for the year. And that covers things like being able to produce the CD newsletters. If we need to do things like conference calls and we can't do it over something like Messenger, which is free, it just covers any cost for that kind of thing as well. Yeah, so on the booking form, which we'll talk about how to book later, it does have the option for um, for membership. And we would encourage even people who can't make it, you know, if you can, just make that small contribution. It just, like we said, keeps things, keeps things ticking over for us. And obviously we are aware and we keep our expenses as low as we possibly can for, for you guys so the money can be put back into the association. And of course we have a committee who do all the hard work of running SVOPA and organising your reunion and your get-togethers throughout the year. So Michael's going to talk to you about the committee now and how you can become part of it. As I always say, if you read the newsletters and everything else we do, it's your association. It's not my association. It's not the committee's. It's your association. And we want you guys to get involved in, in a way what is good for you. You know, if you've got a passion for meeting up having a bit of fun getting to know new people you've got a, a passion for the school and building relationships with the school and and keeping a really i suppose a long-standing tradition going as well but we need you to be involved and join the committee it's uh, 12 months at a time we have the chair which is currently me and obviously that someone else might take that role on this year we have a member secretary secretary and treasurer and five what we class as ordinary members but most of the people aren't ordinary, are they? No, no. <laughs> they do do their bit, don't they? <laughs> they do. And at one time it was very much the, the main reunion was one of our biggest events, but as you'll hear when we go on to our meet-up soon, we have events usually every six or eight weeks, and it takes quite a bit as well to put the reunion together, and especially people available on the day just to, to help out and be there. So do consider... If you are going to join, you do have to send in a short, and we try and uh, emphasise the short, uh, profile about yourself. <laughs> and the reason for that is not everyone can make the reunion. Not everyone knows everybody either. And it's a little bit unfair if we say you vote for Fred Bloggs and they're not there and no one knows them, you know, and they might be the perfect person. So we ask for a profile to be sent in of no more than about 250, 300 words. Um, about yourself and obviously what you can do and that needs to reach us by the 18th of june so just drop that into an email at info at svopa.co.uk or by all means you can give me a shout 
and we can uh, sort that out as well. And you know what? Even if you don't have the time to contribute to being a full member of the committee, if you can volunteer on the day of the reunion or even volunteer to help out at a get-together, that's always really appreciated, isn't it? It is. Any help, you know, with any skills you've got are always very much appreciated. So I'm thinking now that it's about time. We have a bit of a break. Uh, we'll have a chance to grab a brew and um, we're going to have a bit of music, but I'm going to let Joe introduce this, if that's okay. Okay, so Marcia, uh, who goes to St Vincent's, um, has a passion for singing and she's really hoping to do that as a career when she leaves school. And I actually interviewed her for VI Talk not so long ago and she recorded a CD at Christmas to try and raise money for Samaritans, which is something that her mum is involved with in a big way. Marcia really is a talented young lady and like I say, she has a great passion for singing. So um, we are going to hear from her and she does a lot of sort of songs from the musicals, Les Miserables and um, other things like that. But we've picked a song that you don't often hear and that is Downtown. When you're alone and life is making you lonely, you can always go downtown. When you've got worries, all the noise and the hurry seems to help, I know. Downtown, just listen to the music of the traffic in the city. Linger on the sidewalk where the neon signs are pretty. How can you lose? The lights are much brighter there. You can forget all your troubles, forget all your cares. So go downtown, things will be great when you're Problems around you, there are movie shows Downtown, maybe you know some little places to go to where they never close Downtown, just listen to the rhythm of a gentle passing over You'll be dancing with them till before the night is over Happy again the lights are much brighter that you can forget all your troubles, forget all your cares. So go downtown, where all the lights are bright. Downtown, waiting for you tonight. Downtown, you're gonna be alright now.
Well, we hope you enjoyed listening to Marcia and Downtown. And if you do want to get hold of the CD and obviously make your contribution to uh, the Samaritans, you know, just drop us a line here. We can always pass your details on and um, we can get those details to you as well. So we're going to move on to our events. We've got quite a few coming up over the next coming weeks um, in different parts of the country. Some of the dates, they're pretty much set, but there may be the odd alteration. So do do keep an eye out on Facebook, etc. So um, where should we go first? So let's start with Chester, which is going to be on the 1st of April. It is, and we've used Chester a couple of times, and we're going to be using the town Cryer, which is literally just across the road from the train station, starting around 12 o'clock. So do keep an eye out for more details on that one. Okay, so which is next, Michael? We're then going to cross the border, cross the Pennines, over to Sheffield, and there's an established group which meet every couple of months called the Yorkshire Lunch, and some people will know about that, which Lillian runs. And we're going to join up with them at a place called Hillsborough Hotel. It's a little bit outside Sheffield, but the trams are included with your your national bus pass, so it's nice and cheap, or free. And we meet up usually around 12 to half past um, at Sheffield Station. So again, let us know, and then we'll all get the tram over. And that runs from about half one to five o'clock. Okay, so the next event is being held in London, and we're going to hand over to Stephen Anderson to tell you a little bit about that. Hello, everyone. It's Stephen Anderson here. I hope you're all keeping well. Uh, For those who don't know me or haven't met me yet, I was a student at St Vincent's from 2004 to 2008. I joined SVOPA a couple of years ago, and I've had the honour of representing you on the committee this year. I'd like to warmly invite you all, uh, for those of you who can A, make it, and B, anyone who lives nearby, to come to a London meetup, which we are planning to have on Saturday the 6th of May, starting at midday at the Metropolitan Bar, which is the Weatherspoons directly above Baker Street Tube Station. Uh, For those of you who don't know where that is, it's in Zone 2 on the London Underground, and you can get to it on the Jubilee, Bakerloo, Metropolitan, Circle, or Hammersmith and City Line. Very, very happy to assist if anybody wants to come. Uh, who may need additional assistance, just give me a call. My mobile number is 07879-885-959 and I'll do my very best to navigate through the uh, through the melee and the organised chaos that is Baker Street Station. Um, but you're all very welcome and I look forward to seeing you there. Thank you, Stephen. And the last one which is going to be a couple of weeks before the reunion in Manchester. More of a, let's have a drink before we all get together. And and it's great for new people who are thinking of coming to the reunion just to sort of say hi. But we're going to do one in Manchester at the beginning of June. Uh, The date obviously needs to be confirmed on that one. So um, 
we'll you know keep an eye out for that one as well. One of the things we want to start doing are online chats using the Messenger voice chat service um, on Facebook. And what we can do there is have as many as we want, really. We can have up to 50 people, which is probably a bit chaotic, but we're going to start that quite soon. And it'll allow people from all over to get together, get to know each other and, um, and make new friends as well. Okay, so now we're going to hear from Jenny for the second time about her visit to Nepal. Everybody at Swapper, it's Jenny Armstrong back from three weeks in Nepal. Thank you for being interested, and I'm just going to tell you a little bit about how we got on. We came back two weeks ago after a three week trip, and we visited about 12 different schools, one of which was the school for the VI. I took out a huge suitcase full of equipment for this school because I've been linked with that school and linking St Vincent's with them for the last eight years. The case contained tactile books and sensory equipment and we also took a sight box from St Vincent's Rotary Club which contained VI sports equipment. Children and the staff at the school Pawanchan Gayan Chakshu loved it and we spent three days there. We're going to send a longer report to Swapper in the near future but to finish, here's a bit of music. It's one of the children from Pawanchal Gayan Chakshu playing his flute. I like playing flute. So here is a short flute riff for you. Thank you, goodbye. Jenny for uh, for sending those um, short audio clips through to us and we do look forward to sitting down and talking to you more extensively on the trip to Nepal. Okay so now we need to give you all the information about booking for the reunion so with your CD you should have received a booking form. You should don't worry though if you can't access that we can always get you an electronic one or we can talk you through just give me a shout all contact details are at the end so the important things are um the prices what we've booked it into packages like we normally do so it's um 10 pound for the day it's 25 pound for the day and the evening barbecue and everything and entertainment and if you'd like to stay overnight it's 57.50 so a slight discount on this year from previous couple of years and that includes your, um, your bed and your breakfast and obviously your, your barbecue and your daytime. And of course, don't forget that all important £5 membership fee 
if you can, that would be great. Yeah, and obviously that's only for past pupils as well. So um, how to book, It's if you can complete the, the booking form if necessary, uh, and you can return that to me. I will include my address at the end. Uh, we can't do online booking at the moment, but you can pay, which is most people actually find easy. You don't need to pay by backs rather than sending the, um, the checks through. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, so the backs details are on there. And again, if you need them, you know, just drop us a quick message. Um, email is info at svopa.co.uk. And we're obviously happy to help. And my mobile number will be later as well. Also, really important is booking starts on the 1st of April. And that's no joke. <laughs> and it finishes on the 18th of June. So you've got plenty of time, but get cracking because if you want to stay over at school, obviously spaces are limited. It is. So the important thing as well, if you are looking to stay, do contact me first, just so you know, you I can reserve a place for you. Um, and then obviously you can send or back the money through. And um, within the, you know, we'll be usually within about a week after that. And then we can sort that for you. And we nearly forgot. Some people do stay over in Liverpool on the Friday evening. And um, usually you guys tend to meet up at the Premier Inn or the Travel Lodge, which is local to school, don't you? We do. There's two. There's the Premier Inn. It's the West Derby one we use. And that's got a beef eater directly outside or a flaming grill pub across the road. Or the other hotel people use is the Travel Lodge at Stonycroft. And they are literally a couple of minutes away from each other. So even if people do stay at different hotels, we can all meet up together. So again, let us know. Um, book direct, obviously, with the hotels um, online. But it'd be good to have a group. We've always had a, you know, a few people on the Friday night. And it's it makes it nice to have a more relaxed evening, get to know each other uh, and everything as well. Are you doing anything on the Sunday? Good point. We try, for those staying over, some people obviously need to rush off. Um, but what we try and do is, if we can get a local minibus through Bradbury Fields, we might go for a bit of a bit of a trip out, maybe go for something to drink together and, um, and just spend the Sunday morning together as well. Sounds good. Right, so get booking. That's only all we can say, and we look forward to seeing and, and tell your friends. You know what have, we've always said: the best people to tell people are you. So, you know, tell your friends because they may not know about it. And let's get some new people coming. I'd like to introduce Jane Redfern Gray. So, hi, Jane. Hi there. And we decided to have a quick chat with Jane because she's just authored a new book. Yeah, I decided to write a life story, really. And it all came about because I was having lunch with a friend and just dropping into the conversation um, just about any kind of embarrassing or funny moments that I'd had. And she was laughing about that and saying, you know, you really should write a book about all of this. And um, so, yeah, a few years ago, when I had a bit of time and space to do it, I decided to give it a go. And um, yeah, so the title is Onions in the Washing Machine. OK, Onions in the Washing Machine. Why have we called it that? Well, Michael, you'll just have to read it. 
Right. I mean, I will say I am in the process of reading it because um, obviously it covers a little bit about St. Vincent's, then goes on to Chorley Wood and obviously your childhood. And I guess then it goes into your adulthood as well. Yeah, it does. Yeah, it does. I mean, there's three chapters all about St. Vincent's. So from chapter, chapter four, five and six are all about totally about St. Vincent's and when I first went there. Um, there's a couple of other chapters further on in the book where it talks about me going back for visits. And then the very final chapter covers my experience of the reunion in 2013. So, and and you've been pretty you know, honest and open about all these things and and everything when you've talked about it and, and things that scared you, the things that made you happy. And I think, did you think you also talked a little bit about you know, from your parents' point of view as well, if I remember? Yeah, yeah, I've tried to relate different things. I, I suppose there are... There are um, passages in there that are quite poignant um, but on the whole I've tried to you know make it more humorous than anything else and do you want to just give us a couple of little sort of things snapshots from it just some highlights what people can look forward to yeah I mean there's a there's a chapter in there where I describe about what happened to me how I lost my sight um basically waking up one morning and finding that I really could hardly see anything at all and it describes um, the day that I actually, I don't know how, but I walked myself to uh, the primary school that I was attending. Um, I was only eight years old uh, when I lost my sight. And so it describes what it was like, basically, the contrast between, you know, sitting at the, the table and looking down at some work that I could see perfectly the day before. And yet the following day, I couldn't continue the work because I couldn't see enough. Um, but then it goes on to describe how life got a lot, lot better once, uh, you know, moving on to St. Vincent's and the great times that I had there. Um, talks about my time at Chorleywood College, where I moved on after St. Vincent's. And then just relays lots of other um, things like, you know, when I got married and having children, what it's like to have children when you can't see. Uh, funny, all the funny anecdotes, all the funny and embarrassing moments that happen to you, yeah. That, that, that covers most things. I talk a lot about my guide dogs that I've had as well. So I'm hoping that there's mm. kind of stuff in there for everybody, really. Right, so this is available in print and also available on the Kindle store as well, isn't it? Yes, it is. It's available on Kindle. Um, and a lot of people have said to me that they, they thought that you had to have a Kindle device to be able to read it. Um, you don't have to have a Kindle device. You can download it and listen to it on your smartphone. Lots of visually impaired friends of mine have actually read it um, that that way. I have endeavoured to try and get it into Braille, but um, the process was just far, far too costly. It's going to cost me in excess of uh, £1,300 to have it put into Braille. So it, it just wasn't vi- it wasn't a viable option. Um, but, you know, if you do have a PC or a smartphone, you know, it is accessible. And at least then with the smartphone app, I mean, I'm, I'm listening to it using VoiceOver and, and Kindle, so um, it's quite straightforward. How would people get hold of, obviously, a, a electronic copy, go to Amazon, straightforward. But if people want yep. a, you know, a physical paper copy, what can they do? A paper copy, okay. Um, they can go to a website called Feederead. That's F for Freddy, double E-D-A-R-E-A-D, feederead.com and search for onions in the washing machine. Um, or they can either contact me or you, uh, and we can try and post one to them. That's fine. So if you do want more information, you know, drop drop us a line, drop an email, 
info at svopa.co.uk and I can pass your details on to Jane as well. So um, anything else you want to say um, before we finish? Oh, no, I don't think so. It's not a masterpiece. I think the book is, is very much a story that, you know, you know, you or, or, or lots of people that we know could tell, you know. Um, and lots of people have said how much they can relate to a lot of the things that are in there. Uh, most people have said, well, the, the word that most people use is hilarious. So, I, you know, I'm glad that people have actually enjoyed reading it, people that I've spoken to so far anyway. And I could agree with the the parts I've read at the moment. Like I said, I'm halfway through Chorley Wood at the moment and, and some of the things you did get up to. So definitely, you know, get the book, especially um, if you've got Amazon vouchers or anything, it's mm. um, it's worth it. Um, what, me? Say me, Michael. Me, get off your stuff like, nah, that wasn't me. You were, you know, you're getting mixed up. It uh, wasn't me. No, it probably wasn't, it wasn't you, me. actually. So, <laughs> uh, so, you know, do get the book, have a read. And um, and if you do come to the reunion, hopefully Jane will be there and bring your copies along and she'll sign them for you. Yeah, you never know. You never know. Mm-hmm. So thank you very much, Jane. I really appreciate it. And we um, we look forward to speaking to you again soon. Yeah, speak to you again soon. Okay, so I didn't think I'd be saying this again, but that brings us to the end of another SVOPA podcast. And it's from my point of view, it's been an absolute pleasure to be back with you all. I've really enjoyed it. So thanks, Michael, for asking me. It's absolute pleasure. It's always good to work with you. And again, we've not worked together for a while, so it's been um, quite nice. And have you got one of your cats in the background? I have. She's, yeah. she's behind my left shoulder. <laughs> So, yes, there are. Tommy and, and which cat is it? It's Sophie. Sophie, Sophie are also making a, a presence felt. They so, are. what you need, obviously, is the all important contact details. So, to contact myself, my mobile number is 07930 444 If you want to email, email info at svopa.co.uk my address is 20 Furbank Close that is Ashton underline OL70AD and on Facebook and Twitter and everywhere else just search SVOPA and is there anything else we need to say? Uh, I don't think so. I think that's about it. I think one thing just to mention, because there's a lot of new people, we have said, haven't we, this is episode 38. Ah, yes. Now you can find all the previous episodes of the podcast on the website, which I'm guessing is still www.svopa.co.uk. It is. And there's some really interesting material, especially like uh, around the school in 10 lessons. And there's some great interviews. And what we'd like to know as well is, would you like more podcasts? I know we've not really done many for the last year or so, but if you'd like more, let us know and we'll look at starting more of them. So do get in touch. Again, info at svopa.co.uk. So it's bye from me. And it's bye from me. <laughs>